Welcome to the What If We Loved podcast with your hosts, Bruce and Shay Mason and Janie Giebelhaus. This is a show where we explore what the love of the Father really looks like. We want to help you enter into a deeper experience of the Father's love so you can better know who God is, who you are, and how to live a life in love every single day. Welcome to the What If We Loved podcast. Uh, today, Janie is joining me. Bruce is um, away in Chicago this week, so um, it's just me and Janie with a special guest. Yes. And um, we're just really excited about this episode and um, what our guest, Julie Sellers, um, has to share with us today. Julie is a self-proclaimed peacemaker and writer who believes in sharing our stories in all the creative ways God gives us. Most days you can find her exploring fiction and fandom and squirreling away ideas. She is the voice and creator behind Peace Prayers, a podcast on prayer. And I just say, I really, I've enjoyed listening to that podcast. It's, um, it's just really gentle and soothing and a great way to really focus on God's word. Um, so yeah, highly recommended. And Julie is here to talk to us today about her new book, Yes, Father, which uh, was just released very recently. And Janie and I have both read it and been blessed by it. And we would love to hear more about the story behind that um, from Julie. Yeah. So welcome, Julie. And we're just really excited to have you on today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to be here. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we, we were talking about your book earlier, and we just really loved that you went through the journey, like I was saying to you before the podcast, just of, I feel like you really found peace. You really found forgiveness. You, you had those things all along, but it was like this depth that you discovered. It seemed to me. Is that how you would describe this, like the summary of the book? How would you describe it to people? Yeah. Um, so it, it's one of those things where I feel like when it's your own personal story, it, it's really hard to condense mm -hmm. it into like this, like this nugget of just like, here's my thesis statement. I just want to like talk and ramble about it because there's all these <laughs> like insights that I'm getting every single time I talk about it. But I think that the basis of the book is that it's a story about how I learned to forgive my father for his uh, abusive behavior toward me as a child uh, by taking care of him when he had Alzheimer's. And it's a journey that I went on to be able to learn that forgiveness was possible when I didn't really know that it was. And it's like you said, I think when you are uh, you know, a Christian, when you're walking with God, he always has peace and forgiveness present for you, right? You, like, you just kind of, not automatically, but maybe automatically, you just get that because you're a child of God, but your rest of your life sometimes crowded in so many different ways that you're not able to really see it or experience it in the way that I know God wants us to. And mm. so, in just a very bizarre twist of events, it felt like to me at the time, he really brought it home to me by by showcasing it to me in a, like a 
a different way than I would have ever have expected. But like, like you said, I think it was just more of a depth than I had experienced before. And I'm so grateful for that. Hmm. I think it's, it's a really relatable story for anyone who's been a caregiver. And I know there's so many people out there who, who are in that position or have walked through that. I've walked through some of that recently with, with my father and, um, his battle with cancer wasn't as long as as your father's struggle with Alzheimer's was, but you just see someone, you know, suffering like that. And if we keep our hearts soft toward them, you know, even even when it is someone who's hurt us, you know, God really comes in and He shows Himself in new ways, and we get, I don't know, I think a more profound look at His compassion. And there's a real gift when we're able to to walk in that, but but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's a hard, hard journey. What were some of your greatest struggles along the way? Uh, I feel like we could be here for hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the greatest struggle, honestly, was always being kind of so triggered by um, his behavior and mm. that. I'm trying to do this thing for him and be there for him. But all I want to do is run away because it's so hard and it's so painful to constantly feel like my whole life is being drained by uh, someone who doesn't even really appreciate or understand what I'm doing. And, you know, there are, so many things that I just didn't know how to do. Mm -hmm. Like I had no clue how to handle like social security and housing and, you know, doctor's appointments and all these things that just suddenly come with it. And then you're trying to balance like taking care of somebody practically and handling their emotions and making sure that they're okay. And it's just like a completely overwhelming position to be in. So I think that was the hardest part was just struggling to uh, have a relationship when I was feeling hurt all the time and then just having no clue what I was doing. It was probably the biggest things. Right. How did you guard your heart against bitterness? I I can just imagine that it would be so easy to to kind of take that bait, if you will, when you're in the midst of that. In many ways, I just have to say, honestly, it was like the grace of God. Mm. Like, I, I honestly don't know how I, how I did that. And there were days for sure when I felt pretty bitter and pretty overwhelmed. And like, I just either couldn't do it anymore or that it just was so not fair. But I think in a, in a very interesting way, like, that it's probably universally true that it's really hard to care for something and not love it. Mm. Like, you know, mm. when you're putting effort into something, you sort of build up this, like, you know, natural affection for it, like, because you're trying to keep it alive and happy and well. And that, in a silly way, you know, it's kind of like how we feel about our plants or our animals or mm. things like that. But people, obviously, because they're, such, you know, complex and, and, you know, 
creative creatures that there is something even deeper that just sort of knits you together with them. So I became very invested in, in wanting to make sure that he was okay. And when that happens, I think you just can't be as bitter or resentful because that's not where your attention is focused on. Yeah. You're thinking about, you know, how can I help this person? And, and there was a, like at the beginning, you know, Alzheimer's really is just very interesting behaviorally for people when they, when they start changing. Um, some people have like, I know complete personality flips and they just become like the sweetest person in the world or, and people have told me that. And I was just like, nope, that's not what happened. Mm. He did not change. He, all of his like bad behaviors, I felt like they magnified. Yeah. And so it was uh, just completely hard to relate to him as a person. But actually, as this time went on, and um, especially in like probably the last year of his life, he wasn't like sweet or docile, maybe, but there was a such a vulnerability to him, honestly, that, honestly, that it, it was endearing and, and kind of helped smooth over those rough edges. So his personality did sort of level out a little bit at the mm. end. And that, I think, really helped sort of prepare me to be in a place of complete um, just affection and um, caring and and then, honestly, sadness when when he did pass away. Mm. And so the, all of the kind of the harder parts were not the harder parts because it was all hard, but the the more conflict between us, that mostly happened at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And at the end, he was receptive to, to me being there with him in a, in a way that he hadn't been before because I think he had learned to rely on me and trust me as kind of the only one constant in his world. Yeah. So, yeah. One of the really um, poignant moments in your book um, that really made me pause was when you talked about finding your father's journal and seeing what mm -hmm. he had written, asking yes. Jesus to oh, help him. Oh, that part yeah. melted my heart. I cried a little. <laughs> yeah, and it just, I did too. And it just really, you know, it's like, what a gift to be able to see that, you know, maybe not something that you would hear him say directly, but to get inside his heart that way to... Yeah. to know that he was reaching out to Jesus. Yes, exactly. Um, there's, you know, sometimes I think a really critical part of ourselves, just because that's sort of how we're wired as human beings, is to sort of judge other people by, by, their, by their behavior and actions. And so you could say that for most of my life, my father was not acting in a very Christian-like way. Mm. And so, like, did he really love God and love Jesus? But, like, I don't want to think that way. Like, I like it's not my business, really. Like, God knows his heart, not me. Mm. And, and I know that I struggle in other ways. Maybe I'm not quite as, like, outwardly damaged hopefully in, in the way that I behave towards other people at least I really try not to be <laughs> but there is you know definite sin and 
and stuff in, in my life that God has forgiven me for. And so like, I, that's how I kind of wanted to approach it. And then you see those moments like that and you're just like, God loves him and God reaches out to him and just as you know, he does to everyone. And it, it just is a very kind of, like you said, it's a, just an insight into somebody else mm. and you really is just, yeah, I can't help but go like, okay, enough with like, you know, how I'm feeling about this. This is about him and God. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, definitely. I, I really did like how you, it seemed like you tried to understand your dad through like throughout the chapters. I remember when your dad wrote your sister a letter mm-hmm. and at the end of it, you guys were having, you know, trying to process it. One of you said that, you know, I really think he believes what he's saying. And that struck me because I think that that's part of what trips people up is that people are like, this is nonsense. This doesn't make any sense. But I think you and your sister took the step further to say, you know, I think he actually believes what he's saying. And even to get to that point is offering grace to a person in a way, because you're saying, you know, I don't think they're lying. I don't think they're trying to deceive. They're, this is just their reality. And it's not maybe the reality we're all witnessing around us. But this is... I liked that you gave that grace to even acknowledge that p- perhaps he had a different reality in his mind, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really... Probably could be very healing for other people to do as well. To realize... Some people are just in different realities, especially if they've had trauma or if they've had, yeah. you know, a product of yeah of their own brokenness. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Thank you for saying that. That's actually a really great insight. I hadn't quite thought of before, but I, I totally agree. I think that there is such a, a a sweetness to being able to acknowledge where someone else is coming from because so often we're just blinded by our own pain or our own anger. And, and I honestly, yeah, I did think that was very true of my dad. Like I always sort of described him to other people, like before any of this happened really that he just has a very unique way of looking at the world. Like he really sees it completely different than anybody else I have ever met. And and that was always true. And so it was just kind of like, not just in the way, you know, that like, you know, when five people witness a crime, they'll all have slightly different insights and mm-hmm. observations, but he would have like one that was like just the complete opposite of all of them. And so it's important to, I think, recognize that. Yeah. And I think we all have people in our lives where we, we really don't understand where they're coming from. And you were in a position where you were, you felt God leading you to not have as strict of boundaries with someone that is really difficult to understand. And so I think that insight can really help people because sometimes we are called to be in seasons where we're constantly in contact in like a very active role, loving someone who is just not on the same playing field as us. Like we're trying to understand them. We can't, we're feeling so discouraged. I think you really did a great job at voicing the struggles of that. But then Mm. I like how you said it was really by the grace of God that you had really the patience and the grace for him. (laughs) Um, 
But I think, would you give yourself any advice, like if you could tell your, you know, when this all started, if you could tell yourself advice, what would you say? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, well, I guess for one, I would want to reassure myself that I will get through it um, and that it is not going to last forever mm. and that God would be there with me every single step of the way. But also that hopefully that I could see from the very beginning that there there is hope in this, that there is actually an opportunity here. Because I just saw it as a burden. I just saw it as a um, a trap, you know. And instead, it's been one of the most liberating experiences of my life. Mm. And it was so healing and so powerful and hard, like really, really, really <laughs> hard. But as you know, we probably all don't like to admit, but it's true. Sometimes the hardest things are the best things because what you learn through them and what you gain out of them is just so much richer and more enduring because of the struggle to get there. And so I don't know how well I would have received hearing that, but. <laughs> right. It's hard to understand until after you've walked through it. But it's exactly. wise. It's very wise. But I'm thinking about how, you know, not only did you extend remarkable grace to your father, but also to other family members to be able to understand that they were just in a different place in their journey and had different opinions about what your father might need, might yeah. be able to accept. Um, I, that's a really, I think, important part of the story because, you know, we, we do in our ministry, we do healing prayer with people and we walk people through forgiveness and, you know, those interpersonal things within a family, especially when one person has to, to step up to be the primary caregiver, you know, there, there can be a lot of trauma, not just between the person who needs the care and the caregiver, but also across the board within the family. And I just love the way that you kind of lay out how you navigated that and how at the end you said you wrote the book because you really wanted your family to understand your heart. And, and that's a beautiful, a beautiful image. But what would you say, um, to someone who's struggling with something similar. Like how do you find the road of grace when different family members who each have their own wounds have different opinions about the role and obligations of a caregiver? Well, it's, yeah, it's definitely not an easy thing to do. So I'm really glad that it came across that way. Cause that's, that's definitely what my, my heart was. And, and I don't know if there's a like a one easy formula for that necessarily because i think it depends so much on your your different relationships everybody's interactions and you know are so unique to them and so it's almost like you have to find what works for each person mm -hmm. and what works for even just every family dynamic as a whole because that all those are different too so i tried to i think approach it that way. And so I would say to do that, like, just, you know, find whatever is going to work for your particular dynamic with that person. And it does depend on what their, their pain and trauma is, because 
like, you know, with, um, with my brothers, you know, that it was a completely different version of a relationship with them with my sister. And then the same thing, but even between the brothers, you know, one of them was just, you know, not just fine, but like, you know, didn't, didn't have the same kind of level of wounding it felt like. And so he was so much more willing to interact and be a part of everything. And so in some ways I wanted to include him more because I wanted to bring him into what was happening and, and make him feel apart. But the other ones, I was like, I want to protect you because I feel like this is going to be more painful for you to be a part of this. And so I don't want you to have to be here and go through this. Um, and I would also just say like, you, you're going to have to really pray and just lean into hearing God's spirit on this because we try to do it in our own wisdom and our own strength. Mm -hmm. And it just ends up kind of a mess because we're, we're so anxious to fix things. That's kind of like the, the, the really hard line that I've had to learn to walk in my family from a child to an adult. And I think it, it does it kind of one of the other threads through the book is just that I was always so anxious to try to make everything okay, to try to like make everybody feel better and not rock the boat in any kind of way. And, and it just, sometimes that makes things worse because you don't allow people to go through the process they need to go through to get to where they're going to go. Just like I probably would have tried to fix this whole Alzheimer's thing and not done it at all. Mm -hmm. Like that would have been my like first instinct. Yeah, let's just make this not happen. But if <laughs> right. it hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been able to come to that place of, you know, reconciliation with my dad. And even though, you know, it was mostly on my end because he didn't know what was going on. Like, I think it was helpful for him too. So for my siblings and for anybody who's like going through like a thing like that, I'm, I'm preaching patience, I'm preaching prayer, and I'm just preaching <laughs> grace because you can't do it on your, on your own. You, mm. you really need God's help and his individual like insight in each relationship. That's such a, such a good word. Yeah. You know, and that <laughs> sort of makes me think like, how do you discern what is a God-given responsibility versus our own codependent sense of obligation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that sounds that like is. when you were saying to ask God individually in prayer, that it, I really feel like that's the key because I'm sure there are some, you know, psychologists or someone out there that says, you know, if this ever happens, it's not your responsibility. You shouldn't do it. And then there are probably people on the other end who say it is your responsibility. You absolutely should. And these people who are very confident in mm. completely opposing directions, and so I feel like when you were saying about listening to God and letting him guide you uniquely, I mean, that, yeah. I just, that really touched my heart. Good. <laughs> Cause I think that is, that's just kind of the way with most things in life. We, we tend to go to extremes, right? We're going to either like do all one way or all the other, but it's not actually ever that simple. Uh, there is, you know, black and white in this world. There is absolute truth that, you know, things that are just right for everyone, things that are wrong for everyone. But that's, again, up to God to decide, not for us to decide. So you have to be willing to listen to him for that to hopefully come through very clearly. And so I think when it comes to like the responsibilities of like giving to people, 
we're in an age right now where we're all really like hopped up on boundaries and self-care and protecting ourselves and making sure that we're not in unsafe situations. And believe me, I'm not saying that those things aren't good because I have definitely needed to walk those lines and learn those things myself, even in this situation. But I think we have gone so far in that direction that we're forgetting that God has called us to carry each other's burdens and to love one another and to be there for each other and to give self self uh, unselfishly to be you know sacrificial in our love because that's what Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus never hesitated to give to anybody. And I would say that, you know, it's not that Jesus wasn't practicing self-care, or didn't have good boundaries, right. you know. <laughs> but he like was always giving of himself because his strength didn't come from himself or from his own desires or anything like that. His strength came from his father. And so if we're pulling our strength from mm. God, then we won't feel so overwhelmed and so frustrated and so drained and so uh, taken advantage of because we're not not concerned about ourselves because our you know selves are getting filled and, and renewed by him and and I you know don't really have like a you know again three years three steps to how to make that happen all the time because and we're really glad about that because we, we don't <laughs> right. believe in you know strict formulas here so it just doesn't work it just doesn't work so you know it's got to be you being so intentional about your relationship with God and making sure that it's the most important thing in your life and then once it is Everything else just spills out from that. And oh, yeah. yeah. It's good. That's such a good word. Because it is all about abiding and staying in that, that place where, where that alignment and that connection with the Father is there. I just, I love that. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, one of the things that, that really struck me toward the end of your book was um, you quote Corey Tenboom, mm -hmm. who I love, mm -hmm. where she's struggling. <laughs> very understandably about shaking the hand of a Nazi and mm -hmm. says, Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. So I guess my question there is how did this prayer become a reality in your life? Well, in, in a weird way, it became a reality sort of after the fact because mm -hmm. I didn't end up reading that until after my dad had already passed away and Honestly, reading that book, like, destroyed me. I was so just shaken to my core, but in the best way. Like, mm -hmm. it was so good. And, you know, I I knew the story. And, um, you know, I, again, probably write quotes, like, and stuff from her all my life. But I never, because I'm afraid of stuff like that. Like, I, I, I'm not the kind she's going to put myself in a situation where I know I'm going to get so emotionally distraught because I feel it you know I do have really sort of deep feelings just a side note but my sister always said that it was like not a good idea to be around me for like two or three days after I would read or watched Little Women because I just was so <laughs> upset all the time oh, I love that <laughs> Like, I just, I get really, like, you know, kind of crazy for a little while after something happens like that. But, um, 
so invested in the story and the emotional arcs and all that kind of thing. And this was real life. This was this was something that happened. And so anyway, when I read that, it just was like this sort of not like a light bulb moment of just like, oh, my gosh, that's what happened. Like, I couldn't do it. You did it. You know, and and that's sometimes I think that the best word for people because other people have asked me, you know, like, I can't forgive this person. Like, I, I just can't. There's no way I can ever forgive this person. And I'm like, you don't have to do it. Mm. I mean, you do have to do it. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, or you're never going to be able to move on or heal or grow. Right. And, we have to be willing to do it. Yeah. You're just hurting yourself, honestly. Sometimes, like, we, we have this idea that forgiveness is about the other person and letting them off the hook. But absolutely, that is not what forgiveness is about. Forgiveness is about being willing to, you know, let yourself be uh, better and grow and heal. And it doesn't matter if the other person accepts it or not, because that's not the point. The point is, is that we forgive because we have been forgiven. And so when you're struggling with this idea of like, I just don't think that I can ever forgive them. Like, and again, like my siblings have told that to me, you know, that's, that's still a reality in our family. And I, that's not a blame. It's not a, a criticism. It's a, just a fact. But at the same time, like, again, my thought is that don't do it for them, do it for yourself and don't do it yourself, but let God do it through you because you can't actually really, I think, fully forgive somebody on your own because something is always going to remind you something that was going to come back and, and trigger you. Like even when I was, um, uh, kind of going through and reading all my old journals and stuff to sort of prepare for writing the book, like I got really triggered again. I got really upset and like felt really unhappy and kind of mad. And, and there was just this other layer of feeling that I had to go through that I wasn't aware needed to happen but god knew yeah and and so also forgiveness is a process i don't think we're ever completely done doing it but in a way that's the best thing because it's so kind of god to let us heal in layers because all at once would just be way too much yeah yeah <laughs> so true yeah i i completely agree with that we see that a lot with people that we pray through and and God is so gracious and so loving in the way that he, he walks us through the journey of forgiveness. I think a lot of people view forgiveness as not valuing themselves at all. Like they think, oh, I need mm -hmm. to basically say that this was worth nothing. Like this pain was worth nothing. This experience was worth, and that's not saying, we're not saying that. I just feel like he has so much kindness in his heart towards us when we're forgiving and when we're in the process of forgiving because he knows, like, it was worth something to him. Like, the pain that was done to us, it wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like he's just saying, oh, it was nothing, get over it. He's like, actually, that was big, you know, and I, I want to walk with you through it. You don't have to just be done with yeah. thinking about it. Or it's not just forget and yeah. move on. It's redemption. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Redemption <laughs> stories are my favorite. Yeah, so good. <laughs> so... I'd love to um, just have you share a little bit about your um, your podcast as well and um, tell us where people can find that and also where they can purchase your book. Mm. Yeah, 100%. So 
So um, the podcast is called Peace Prayers. Um, and basically the idea came about um, in, in a weird way because I wanted to sort of establish a little bit of a, a presence online and, and sort of let people get to know me in a way. But I didn't have a lot of time to create a lot of content or anything like that. So I was um, thinking about what I could do and people have always told me that my voice is very soothing and calming. So I think that comes uh, through in the podcast. Definitely. That's good. I, I'm a little bit like, Oh, cause people are like, yeah, I go to sleep listening to you. And I'm like, okay, I'm putting everybody to sleep. <laughs> but it's good because again, it's all about peace. Um, so the idea was that I would just um, take a scripture and just sort of pray through it and, hopefully um, find some some peace from that for people. And it did start out like literally just praying scriptures about that, you know, are about peace. Um, and not that I would run out of those like super quickly, but I was just like, yeah, no, you can find peace in lots and lots of different scriptures. And I was just getting inspir inspired by what I was reading and everything myself. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let's expand this out. And we'll just pray and um so yeah, it's, it's a real short, you know, it's, it's never been over 10 minutes yet as far as I'm aware. And it's just uh, hopefully a good way you just sort of listen to it. Um, and you can hopefully go back and listen to it and pray through it yourself. Um, and it's transcribed on my website. So that way, you know, if you want to just like read it oh, out as far as you can. Um, and so that's where it is. Um, it's hosted on... Um, anchor um but you can find it on like apple Podcasts and google uh and spotify and you know just pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts you can find it and um there's definitely like i said a link on my website which is www.ja-sellers.com so you can hopefully find it really easily if you like um and then as far as the book goes um it's available pretty widely um uh, online now, uh, which I'm really excited about. Um, again, if you go to my website, there's a link to it and it'll like, uh, pop you to different links. So you could either do Amazon or Barnes and Noble or somewhere else that you like to buy books and it's available in either an ebook version or a paperback. Um, and so hopefully it's really easy to find and you can, you know, find it on whatever platform you so choose. That's great. And, um, I know as a podcaster and author myself, um, reviews and ratings are tremendously helpful. So um, those of you listening, if you get a chance to go listen to the podcast or and or read the book, um, do take the opportunity to, to leave a great rating. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, 100%. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I think we'd love to just um, wrap up with some prayer. Yeah. And Janie, would you like to lead yeah, us? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for, I, well, first of all, we just silence ourselves before you. Mm. We thank you that you are in the journey with us when we're trying to forgive, when we feel like it's impossible, or when we feel like being around someone is too hard. We pray that you give us that supernatural grace and that even if we don't feel it kick in right away, that we know that you're with us 
in the midst of us handling these hard situations. We thank you for the way that Julie's done that with her dad and with her family, just as they all process differently. And I thank you that you continue to guide her just in the process of sharing this story now and, and being so vulnerable to the world. I thank you for her vulnerability and that she's followed you and that she's said yes to this new calling in her life. And I thank you, God, that her book will reach whoever it's supposed to reach. I thank you for the people that are opening it up and relating and feeling so seen. And like their story is now in, in a small way represented in Julie's story. And God, I thank you that her story is now in print and it can help people for decades that are going through grief or going through trials or going through having a hard time knowing when, you know, when to serve, when to not, and how to really go through and ask you for the details. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we go to you and we ask you for details on how to help others. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're so good to guide us. Yeah, and we bless Julie. We bless her new book, Yes, Father. Um... And yeah, and yes, Father, we love you. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today, Julie. This has really been a pleasure, and I uh, can't wait to hear how your book continues to reach people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I'm so blessed to have been here. You guys were so wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. So great to have you and to meet you. <laughs> well, that's it for today's episode. And... Um, Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to catching up with you next time. God bless. You've been listening to the What If We Loved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and also leave us a rating. It really helps us get the word out there. For more information about our ministry, Love Inside Out, please visit our website at loveinsideout.org. Thanks for listening.